the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now, Chris Siaccia, the Streets Tech Reporter. How are you, Chris? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Um, yes, it's always good to talk to you because you're, we're always talking Elon Musk, Tesla, Apple, Pandora, cool, sexy topics in my world. And it, it has that bleed over into the investment world as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it, these are these are big, big topics. I mean, Tesla's kind of been in the news recently because of, um, the legislation that New Jersey's passed making it illegal. So these are these are hot button issues, and they not only bleed from technology, but there's a lot of money to be made and lost with some of these companies. And the trends change pretty aggressively. You know, um, MySpace goes away, AOL goes away. What's to say Facebook one day won't go away, other than its massive volume and size at this point in time? That, that's a great point, Rob. When people thought that years ago that AOL would never go away, and it would be the most relevant company um, as it pertains to the Internet space, and obviously that's not true today. So there's a really good chance that maybe Facebook suffers the same kind of fate that AOL did. We've seen them spend $19 billion in cash and stock on WhatsApp. What's to say that Facebook doesn't go out and spend its way trying to keep up with the latest, hottest acquisition, keeping people in their quote-unquote walled garden, and maybe that's a failed, um, you know, a failed way of doing business two or three years down the line. So you write for the street.com, and people, you know, you're a tech reporter, so again, you're covering all the topics that we're talking about today. One of the big trends recently, Chris, is uh, mobile is starting to take over desktop, whether it be in sales, e-commerce, or, you know, usability. I just didn't even mind share. I think people see the tablet and the phone as their connection to the Internet these days. Yeah, it really all started back in 2007, really, when, when Apple introduced the iPhone. And then in 2010, when Apple introduced the iPad, we've seen smartphones and tablets explode in the past few years. You know, the higher-end smartphones have started to come down a little bit as growth in you know some of the bigger markets like the U.S. and the U.K. have matured a little bit, but tablets are still growing pretty healthily, and people are doing more and more with them. They're not just sitting on there watching Netflix on Hulu, and that's kind of what Microsoft's thinking is. You know, we'll find out in the next couple of days um, when Microsoft makes the announcement that they're going to release Office, you know, their enterprise software for the iPad. Traditionally, Microsoft had been against doing that because they wanted people to be inside the Windows ecosystem. I mean, we've had you know a version of Office for the iPhone, but it's been attached to Office 365, and it's not you know a full-fledged version of Office. 
but doing actual content creation on a tablet, especially with a Microsoft piece of software, is something that, that really changes the game for tablets. I'm going a little off script here, if you don't mind, because um, I just want to pick your brain today. And The whole desktop story, it's, it's a great story, but do you think that means the end for companies like Dell and HP, or will there be a place for a laptop desktop, enough of a place that it's not marginalized? And that's a really good question. I mean, I don't think that you're going to see PC and notebook sales collapse overnight by bringing more and more enterprise-type software to tablets because tablets, you know, they're still not um, where PCs are in terms of computing power. But we're going to see that trend line continue to decline as more people use tablets and as tablets become more powerful it only makes sense that something that's more portable than, you know, a big, hulky, you know, desktop, that those will continue to see the or the consumer dollars and people will continue to buy them. I can't see that – I can't see, you know, a workplace replacing every desktop and laptop with a tablet in the next two or three years, maybe five years down the line. Um, maybe we see – to these two-in-one devices like the Microsoft Surface or um, some of the Ultrabooks or some offerings by Dell and HP, maybe they, maybe they start to become more relevant in the workplace than your traditional PC. Let's uh, change topics ever so slightly. Uh, you recently have been looking into Google Android where it's been a big story. What's the take at the street, Chris? Right now, I mean, this is this is a really big thing. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see where Google takes Android for wearables. You know, they made the announcement the other day that they 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 released the operating system, and um, obviously, you know, wearables are what everyone in technology thinks is going to be the next big thing, whether it's a watch or glasses or you know what hat or whatever the next form takes place. But I'm really excited to see this because not only does it allow for people to continue monetizing, you know, based off apps or ads, but it could also change the health and fitness market, too. I mean, that's kind of really where people are looking at wearables being really relevant is the health and fitness market. And if Google um, Android Wear really takes off, then potentially we see the problems that we've had with healthcare costs in this country start to come down because people are really starting to realize, you know, I need to take better care of myself and I have something that I'm wearing on my body almost 24 hours a day, you know, reminding me uh, calories lost or, you know, exercising, the sleep patterns. This is This is not just a play for Google to generate additional um, – sales and market share for its operating system, but it collects more data for people, and that has wide-ranging effects, not just in technology, but so many other industries as well. Speaking with Chris Iaccia, the tech reporter or a tech reporter at thestreet.com. Um, tech geek, self-proclaimed tech geek. How about the, the Pandora versus Apple radio? Is there a fight there in Apple, or is this just Pandora's game to lose? I mean, you know, I've seen everyone come out and say that the next streaming service is a Pandora, quote-unquote, killer. And so far, we haven't seen that happen. 
Um, Pandora still is the dominant player in Internet streaming. Lately, I've seen some people starting complaining about iTunes Radio not really aggregating their data and using it to the best of their abilities. So I think Apple's kind of still learning at this point. We don't know how many people um, are actually using iTunes Radio since the last update when they said that about 10 million people were using it. That was, you know, roughly about three or four months ago, maybe even a little bit more. Um, so there, it's still early for Apple when it comes to trying to take over Pandora, but there are other services, you know, like Spotify, that are really doing a great job. And ultimately, you know, Pandora, if they can't continue to innovate and actually use their data to be more effective, then a company like Spotify or Apple with its iTunes radio eventually surpasses them. Speaking with Chris Siaccia on the street, you made a funny mistake on your Twitter feed today. Can I tell you about it? Sure, what's that? You just said you're coming up, going to be talking to me on, uh, you said AM 1220 KDOW at 1030, and you, you hashtagged me at Real Rob Black. And the Real Rob Black Twitter account belongs to a porn producer. Um, oh, <laughs> well, maybe I'm not talking to that then. <laughs> um, so, just so you know, you may want to change that. He was actually on 60 Minutes, and uh, he was arrested and went to jail for child pornography. Like, he's a bad guy. It's, I share a name with a very bad man, just so you know. <laughs> Good to know. It's not, I will never make that mistake again. Yeah, I'm not worried. But it's also a, a blend of technology in real life and uh, some of the mistakes we can make. Um, any other topics? I, I've seen you writing about Oracle recently. Uh, do you think it's a Salesforce Oracle world, or is there a place for Oracle in it? You know, that, I mean, Oracle has done nothing except buy cloud computing companies and to try to remain themselves to try to remain relevant, you know, as it pertains to enterprise software. And we, the results this quarter weren't particularly outstanding. They did note that <clears throat> their cloud business is actually starting to gain a little bit more traction. I think it really is a Salesforce game to lose. I mean, there's always been, pro, you know, worries about them from a business perspective and, a, and an accounting perspective, but that's separate from the actual business itself. Um, I do think Salesforce's offerings are first and best in class, and Oracle is going to continue to try to buy companies like Taleo um, that they've bought. I could see them potentially buying Workday. I mean, Workday is a really expensive company right now. It's I think market cap is somewhere around 8 or $9 billion, so it would be a big acquisition for Oracle. But Oracle can't execute on their own. They need to continue buying companies if they're ever really going to compete with Salesforce. You know, I'd seen something today, actually, someone floating the idea of Oracle just completely giving up and actually buying Salesforce, which would, if that really happens, then that really changes um, Oracle's outlook because uh, Mark Benioff and Larry Ellison are kind of frenemies right now. I mean, there was that war, you know, between the two companies quite a few years ago. It seems like the two of them have started to warm up to one another. They announced partnership late in 2013 uh, between the two companies. But I can't see that happening. But if that does, that completely changes enterprise software and cloud computing. That's a great note to end on. It's Chris Siachi at The Street Tech Reporter. You can find him at thestreet.com. You can find more about me at robblack.com. Got a newsletter that I'm going to be sending out later today free. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's Chris Siachi. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that? 
AM 1220. Winter in certain parts of this country. You're listening to Rob Black. And- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.